All right, we are back after an extended Thanksgiving break. Forgive the silence, dear listeners, but solo parenting with two kids over the holidays left me behind in all aspects of my life. But I can guarantee you this, we are back and better than ever. This is, of course, the Insatiable Content Podcast, and I am your host, Vincent Rossmeyer. There's no guest today because we're doing something that's personal to just me, as if this podcast wasn't enough. As everyone in the universe is probably aware, every year on December 1st, Spotify drops their annual most listened to songs and albums list for each person who is a subscriber. Now, I think it's a great fucking bit, and I love seeing the list posted to Instagram of everyone I know. It gives a lot of insight into what people like, who they are, and whether or not we should judge them for good or bad taste. Now, I found my top five artists and songs interesting this year in part because I was surprised who showed up there in some cases. There were artists I listened to all the time, like The Killers and, of course, Taylor Swift, but then also Weezer and Sylvanesso, both of whom, no, don't get me wrong, I love, but I listened to far less than, say, two of my favorite bands, Lord Huron and Mr. Wives. But the whole thing prompted me to put together my top five list of new songs for 2021, as in songs that actually came out this year, rather than just what I listened to the most on Spotify. So that's the topic for today's podcast. Let's jump right in. Now, I will say this before I go into the songs. Spotify did have me pegged in terms of my musical genre taste. It said indie pop was my favorite genre, which is 100% true, and nostalgia and ethereal were my favorite moods, which is also 100% accurate. So that's your fair warning before I dive into this list. I often like to say I'm a middle-aged white guy who used to live in Brooklyn and may have been accused of being a hipster at one point. So that's sort of the music that I listen to. So take my list with that well-proportioned grain of salt. Okay, but enough prologue. Let's fucking go. All right, to start, number five. It's the new version of All Too Well by Taylor Swift. Okay, so I'm immediately going to finagle the rules here a bit as this song technically was a re-release, but it was also vastly expanded when it was really re-released. And so I feel like it can come out on, be put on my list, even though it originally came out almost a decade ago in 2012. So this is Taylor Swift's new 10 minute version of All Too Well. And I'm putting it in here because it is, is it a decidedly different song than the one she originally released? So I think altogether we're on firm ground here. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably heard about this song if you haven't listened to it yourself. And there's a ton of backstory that comes with it. As I mentioned on a previous pod, Taylor Swift is re-releasing all her albums and re-recording them in the process so that she controls their rights into the future. But what was new about her release of her 2012 album, Red, was that she also changed pretty dramatically the version of All Too Well. It's no secret this song is about her infamous breakup with Jake Gyllenhaal and how much he scarred her at her young age when they were dating. And I think I'm in the minority on this, but I actually like the 10 minute version better than the original. There are so many incisive new lyrics in this new version. The fuck the patriarchy keychain line is spot on imagery or double cross my mind. Or when she says uh, he charmed her dad with self-effacing jokes, sipping coffee like he was on a late night show. Or later in the new version when she alludes that she he didn't think she was funny, but the joke's on him because she'll get older, but his girlfriends will stay the same age. And I have to say, as a single man, is that really a dig? I'm kidding. I jest. I jest. Anyway, the song is a fantastic breakup song um, with Taylor getting the last laugh. 
Now, just on a side note here, I do think this is probably also not a popular opinion, and I've had conversations about this with some female friends, but given that this breakup happened so long ago, I do think continuing to drag poor Jake, who personally I love and I think is a very talented actor, for this long, to me seems maybe a tad much. I mean, for Taylor's sake, and as I said, I'm a huge fan, and I hope I'm not just reinforcing the patriarchy here, but I would hope she has moved on and has some sense of closure after a decade. But the fact that she created a new video for this and expanded the song, even if they were lyrics she wrote at the time, seems to indicate to me that she isn't completely over this. So I've been told this is just me being a patriarchal asshole and taking Jake's side, so maybe I'm wrong, but I just know that I wouldn't want to be this angry about a breakup a decade later. What do I know though? All right, number four. And I am gonna take a risk here and actually play some of this song um, because I feel like unlike with Taylor Swift, I'm not gonna be as worried about copyright infringement here. So number four is Hot Blooded by the New Constellations. And this is how it begins. Okay, so that was a clip from the song. Now, I can find almost no information about this band, The New Constellations, online, other than an Instagram account with the tagline, two friends following their dreams. But I'm glad they're following them as because this seems to be their only song and it's fucking fantastic and has been on repeat for me since June. Now, this is one of those songs that Spotify seemed to find for me and I'm not sure how it did it, um, other than just knowing my music taste, but I fucking love it. Um, it's the epitome of techno indie pop for me, if such a genre exists, which I will say it does. It's got longing female vocals, a relentless drum line, and lyrics all about obsessive being in love with a person and knowing this is the person you've been waiting for. The song is as addictive to listen to as the passion it describes, and I can't recommend it enough. I love to listen to it while I'm running. Um, and the line, just a little bit more, just a little bit more, call me crazy, but I think I am what you're looking for, is just repeated frequently throughout the song and just really awesome. So highly recommend this song, Hot-Blooded by the New Constellations. All right, number three on my list of new songs for 2021, How Dare You Want More by Bleachers. So why do I like this song? 
I mean, it's insanely catchy and perhaps my favorite Bleacher song ever. It's damn good. You've likely heard of Bleachers. They're the band of Jack Antonoff, who also happens to be the producer for very, very famous musicians like the aforementioned Taylor Swift, as well as Lord and St. Vincent. Yep, he gets all the talented hot ladies. Lucky fucking guy. Now, previously, Roller Coaster was my favorite song of theirs, but this tops it. The song starts with a very soft guitar riff and then explodes into pure pop giddiness. The refrain of how dare you want more will stay in your head for days as Antonoff seems to be imploring his audience about their expectations for him, the band, and art in general. And that's maybe getting too heavy with the song that really ultimately is a perfect pop pop song. But we got saxophone on this, a dance-worthy bass line and drum beat, and sort of just this ebullient, I think I said that word right, piano. So yeah, this song has everything. It's almost like he's answering the question the song's title poses by making the song itself. And this song really resonated with me because it's also about refusing to succumb to loneliness and pushing back that feeling. To me, that's what pop music at its best can help us do, and this song qualifies, especially the final verse when all the instrumentation comes together. So number two on my list is How Dare You Want More by Bleachers. All right, number two. It's actually a tie, and again, we're going to have to sort of finagle this with a technicality. So yes, technically this is another cheat, but the songs are The End and Super Bloom live, the live versions, mind you, by the Mr. Wives. I've yet to talk about the Mr. Wives on a podcast, um, but they're a fucking incredible band. So while they released their seminal and what I would argue is the best breakup album of all time called Super Bloom in 2020, they released a live version of the album this year and it's fantastic. Having seen them live in Austin last month, the this live album is, is to me an echo of a band that is really at their peak and a band that's really worth seeing in person. The show I saw last month is possibly the best live performance I've seen in my life. Um, and the versions of this of this live uh, show that were recorded here on this album capture that energy. It, that was just so infectious during the concert. I recommend starting with the end, which is ironically the first song on the album. It is about the end of a relationship and having to plunge forward, no longer having to cover one's eyes to see what's one, what one's life is like now and will be going forward, and ultimately finding catharsis. The line, all good things come to an end to make room for new beginnings might sound cheesy, but it has resounded in my head since I first heard Super Bloom last year. This is about moving on and accepting your new life and whatever it brings without being afraid. And then I'd also recommend Super Bloom, the titular song of the album, which is also the final song on the album. And dear Lord, this song is fantastic. It's about the point that you reach when you've gone through something awful and painful and you're on the other side and you look at yourself in the mirror and realize what parts of yourself you thought were broken have either healed or were parts that you never really even needed in the first place and you can discard them and move on. This is to me what music can do better than any other art form. It gives us hope, that sense of being hit just and completely in the moment and feeling like that cathartic feeling that I was mentioning earlier is possible. So yeah, when lead singer Mandy Lee bursts with the phrase, I deserve congratulations because I came out the other side over some very loud horns, I dare you to not feel joy. So number two, a tie with The End and Super Bloom from the live version of the album Super Bloom by Mr. Wives. That's the band. All right, finally, we are on to number one and I am going to play another clip here because similar to the new Constellations, 
this song is from another band I never would have heard of without the excavation powers of Spotify. The song is Life in Paj- uh, the song is Good to Yourself by the band Life in Pajamas. Okay, so not the best name possibly ever, um, but a very appropriate name, I think, for the pandemic era that we're living in. But I appreciate that Spotify found this uh, for me because this song has been my favorite of the year since it first came up on my playlist while I was in Iceland this summer. It is pure joy and an ode to loving yourself. The song only has 700,000 listens on Spotify, and truly, I might be 500,000 of them. It is pure indie pop dance effervescence. It's got glittery female layer uh, vocals layered over a wonderful drum machine bass line and amazing otherworldly keyboards. But instead of me just talking about it, which I will again in just a second, I'm going to uh, play a bit of it now. That is Good to Yourself by Life in Sweatpants, uh, a clip from that song. So to me, this song just makes me happy. It's about being good to yourself, obviously, Um, you know, moving and shaking, do whatever it takes and listening to it on repeat while driving along the Icelandic coast this summer felt like freedom to me. It felt like fucking liberation. And I couldn't stop smiling and I haven't since anytime I listen to this song. This is the song you need on rainy days or on long runs or when you feel like shit. It has a relentless optimism I think everyone can use right now and possibly always. So that is my number one song. Let's fucking go. I hope you can enjoy some of these songs as much as I do. All right, on to the trust the process bit of the show. So it is my birthday this week, and I would be remiss, therefore, to not mention the greatest birthday-related episode of TV ever. That's right, Kendall's party on Succession last week, whether it was entering through a lit tunnel that was basically an inflatable version of his mom's vagina, uh, to his iconic uh, line, it's my birthday, fuck you, this episode was both so hilarious and tragic in the way only Succession can be. Sometimes I feel this show's plot is stuck in the mud, but that's not why we should be watching. That is what I remind myself. We're watching for the best writing on TV. And this episode epitomized that. When he is searching for his daughter's presence in his sea of presence and none of the wealth that he has matters to him in that moment and he is just sinking lower and lower and then some of the vicious lines his siblings especially roman say to him at the end of the episode i mean it's i don't i truly haven't seen anything like this on tv ever and to me this show is really at its peak when it's doing this um i also can't recommend enough the profile of jeremy strong who plays kendall in the new yorker this week it is a incredibly honest and direct profile that you really don't see anymore with 
his fellow cast members on Succession saying some really uh, brutally honest things about him and about his process and how much he uh, inhabits characters to a point where it's detrimental probably to him and those around him. Um, the guy is an absolute maniac who doesn't believe in moderation or life balance and as is probably not a surprise, I sort of love that about him. All right, the sink into the couch segment for this week. I'll keep this short, but if you want to watch something great, my Washington football team is now 500, that's right, six and six, and in the playoff mix, and playing the fucking Dallas Cowboys this weekend. We want Dallas. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're a monster. Let's fucking go. And what pooped the bed this week? It's my birthday week, so let's keep it positive. Nothing shit the bed this week. Well, until Sunday when Dallas will, let's fucking go. All right, have a great week. Those are my top five new songs of 2021, and I'll be back soon with an episode on the Wild House of Gucci. I promise you'll love it. That's the Insatiable Content Podcast for this week.